So, Happy New Year. God bless you in the wonderful name of our living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a great opportunity we have today to share God's love. Um, before we start, let's pray. So, Heavenly Father, God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for the year that's gone by and the year that's in front of us. We ask you, Father God, to guide us each and every step of the year. We love you and praise you. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. I wanted to thank Pastor Nate for the opportunity to share God's word in the church. What, a, what an amazing uh, responsibility it is to be a pastor at a church. Um, and when he asked me about a month ago to start uh, thinking about possibly sharing God's word today, I started looking at like different things that maybe God would want me to say about the new year and looking in the Bible. But, but that was my idea. My idea was like, oh, let's talk about the new year and have everybody um, get ready for the new year and God's word. And then as I was going through it, I, I realized that was my idea. And my idea was to talk about the new year. But it wasn't God's idea. And so I started looking at different Christian circles and articles that were online and different things about what the new year would have and, and, and think, but it wasn't really touching my heart. And I was struggling to find what to share with our community when it came to the new year. And then I stopped thinking about what I should say. And then I just simply asked God, what would be the most appropriate thing to share with our church? And years and years ago, as a young Christian, um, I started learning about the heart of God from a gentleman by Reverend Vince Finnegan. And Reverend Finnegan performed our wedding ceremony, dedicated our house, dedicated our children, and there was a teaching on the heart that inspired me to my core when I was a young kid, very young. And that was how God told me to share on the heart of God in the new year. And so God inspired me to share this message. Personally, for the last three years, I have found a book called Atomic Habits. Have any of you ever read or seen this book, Atomic Habits? Um, it is one of these books that is, it's kind of like a new year book, but it, it, it's fantastic. And there's um, a part in it where it talks about like how you want to make some changes in your life and how you know you have maybe a New Year's resolution or goals, but it talks about building habits. And if we can think about an ice cube for a moment that is about 27 degrees, and that ice cube staying 27 degrees, and we're gonna put some work into it, and days after days go by, and the next thing you know, we heat up the room enough to be 28 degrees, and we do not see any change in this ice cube. Nothing changes but maybe a little bit. And then we keep putting the work in over and over again, and then next thing you know, 29 degrees, 30 degrees, 31 degrees, and it's been a while, and we haven't seen any changes. And all of a sudden, at 32 degrees, something starts happening to that ice cube, and it starts melting. And at 33 degrees, that ice cube is melting. But the work from the time it was 27 degrees until the time it was 32 degrees, we didn't see much difference happening, although there was something happening, and then we see it. So allow me to share a personal story with you. Um, when I was a young teenager, I worked in a banquet house washing dishes at 14 years old. And 
there was this older guy there. I, I don't know if he was older, but he was, in my mind, he was older. When you're 14, everybody's older, right? And so what ends up happening, this guy always talked about his crazy dad and how his crazy dad would pray to God all the time and would go to something called fellowship. And he would go to someone's house instead of going to a church and they would have fellowship. And he would talk about his crazy dad. And this is how God started to melt my heart. At 14 years old, this guy who was washing dishes with me, always complaining about his praying dad going to somebody's house for church would be the catalyst that would slowly start to melt my heart for God. And one day while I was washing dishes and he's talking about his crazy, his crazy dad praying, I walked down a hallway and I remember having a moment where I was like, maybe I should start praying. Maybe I should ask God for some stuff like his crazy dad. And at that moment, I kind of was a little bit touched by God a little bit. And I remember that at 14 years old. Fast forward and I started taking Taekwondo. And as you guys know, I've been doing Taekwondo for a very long time. And then at a very pivotal point in my life, I was taking Taekwondo with a gentleman by the name of Jay Klein. We both earned yellow belts together. And there's a big ceremony and everybody that's getting their new belts are going to be getting awarded these belts. And so Jay Klein is earning his yellow belt with me. And the Taekwondo instructor at the time says, hey, Mr. Klein, do you want to tell everybody what Taekwondo has done for you? And Jay Klein says, Taekwondo has done nothing for me. My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has saved my life. And all of a sudden, my jaw hits the ground. Because I have never heard anybody in my life ever say that. But unbeknownst to me, Jay Klein was a cancer survivor. And God healed his body from 37 cancerous tumors throughout his body. But the moment he said, Taekwondo has done nothing for me, but my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has saved my life. I needed to find out what he was talking about. And I needed to find out. See, God is breaking my heart over time, over time. And so I end up going to Jay's house, talking to him about it. And the next thing you know, he goes to Reverend Finnegan's home fellowship. So I was raised in a traditional uh, church. I love my mom's church, and I love being able to go to church. But I decided that I was going to start going to a fellowship. To a, home, to a home fellowship. And so from that point forward, I wanted to make sure that I had the opportunity to learn more about God and to love God. And this is how God slowly broke my heart. So here we are, fast forward all these years later, and I still remember those moments where God was touching my heart in a way that it was melting this ice cube. Because when you're a teenager, you, you know everything. We're stubborn-minded. Um, we're good at what we do. Well, at least we think we are. And so it was hard for God to break my heart. But in the process of time, God broke my heart. And so today, I wanted to share with everyone the heart. A few years ago, Caleb started running. My son Caleb started running. He's been running since sixth grade, but he started running the steeplechase. And as he's running the steeplechase, it's just like at the track, right? The horses jump over all these big things, and they're unmovable objects, and he's just jumping. But at the end of the race, his heart was pounding because all the effort he put in. I was told uh, recently one of my Taekwondo students, he's about five years old, 
and he's doing a food drive. He's doing a food pantry. He's packing up all these bags of food pantry. And his mom tells me, Mr. Uaz, he had such a big heart. He wasn't going to leave until it was all done. And there are people and, te- and people in this room right now who are teachers who have the heart for their students like you would not believe. And so today, as we talk about the heart, the, f- the physical organ of the human body, which causes compressions and the endurance and internal fortitude and different things that we talk about are very different in today's language for the same word, heart. The context tells its meaning. And the Bible, and in the Bible, the word heart has different usage and different like, determinations by its context. And today we're going to focus on the heart as the center of our personal lives. The heart as the center of our personal lives. The heart of our mind determines what the issues are in our life. The heart is the control center or the programming that influences and affects our daily lives. As Christians, we receive many spiritual realities with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in Galatians 4, 6, God has, set, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. This aspect of the gift and all other aspects received with the new birth when we become Christians are ours to use. But what is ours spiritually does not automatically come into manifestation into our lives. We have the responsibility and the free will to make this Christian lifestyle evidence in our lives. We have to work as Christians. The spirit of his son in our heart does not automatically make an impact on our heart of our personal lives. The heart is always determined by the free will of our believing. To have the heart to be Christ-like is our responsibility. The heart of our personal life is the source of all life. And in Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The very issues of life come out of our heart. And in the New English Bible, the translation says, guard your heart more than anything else, for it is the treasure, it is the source of all life. The NIV, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. The Companion Bible reads, guard your heart as the great citadel, the fortress that commands a city, for out of it are the source and outgoings of life. The heart is the source of all life, the wellspring of life, a great citadel which guards the city or guards our life, the source or outgoings of life. The heart is the control center of our lives. And typically what's in our heart is what is in our life, what determines what's in the heart of our mind, the seat of our personal life determines what is in our life. I mean, think about it for a second. Is there any gardeners here? 
Does anyone, anyone like to garden? Because, yeah, you know, there are gardeners here. And not a single person who gardens plants tomato plants. And when the crop is time to harvest, do we expect cucumbers to come out of that tomato plant? How silly is that, right? The same is true, though, for our personal lives. Because when we grow something, we want to make sure that the fruit that it bears is what we're growing. The seeds that are planted in our life is determined by what we put in our heart. I'm going to plant some tomato plants today. And however long it takes, next thing you know, tomato plant comes up. I'm like, all right, I got some tomato plants. But then the cucumber pops up, and you're like, what? I wanted cucumbers. So I cut off the branch, and then I start stapling cucumbers on the tomato plant because I want, really? It's just ridiculous. If you want tomato plants, you plant tomatoes. If you want cucumbers, you plant cucumbers. And when the tomatoes come up and you want to make a change, so you just decide to glue on some cucumbers, it's crazy. But that is exactly what we do as people. The issues that are in our lives, mine as well, where we have undesirable issues in our lives, we try to change what is on the outside than rather change what is on the inside, our heart. If you want to change the cucumbers, then just plant cucumbers. But if we want to change the issues that are in our lives, then we need to change what's being planted in our hearts. And the problem that we face is thinking that changing outside circumstances, the people we hang out with, will ch help change our lives. Maybe we make some outside changes. And all that helps. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to hang out with them. I'm going to stop doing this. These things help. But the truth is, the heart is what we must alter first in order to make a positive change in our life. And in today's Bible verses, what we're going to study will help see how the heart is the source of all life and help us make those changes. And in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow and the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. I heard this Bible verse when I was about 19 years old. And I have to tell you, when the first time when I heard this verse, I thought, sharper than any two-edged sword. Let's read this one more time. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and it is a, a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Our thoughts and our intents are housed in our heart, and they determine what is the issues in our life today. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, we all know this verse. It is almost like the, the cornerstone of our Christianity. For if thou can confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou believeth in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
For with the heart of man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. <sighs> Believing is in the heart. And the actions you take in your life result from the believing that is in your heart. In Mark 12, 30, And thou shalt love the Lord God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. I love God. And I love how he can put this on our hearts to know and to remind us in the new year that this is what we should be doing in the new year. Thou shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Give it everything you got. For this is the first commandment. Love is housed in the heart. The love in your life is actually the offspring of the love that's in your heart. But God also lets us know some very difficult truths about the heart. Matthew 12, 34 and 35. God is saying, Oh, generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of a good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of an evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. God knows our heart. Good and evil are from the heart. To change from the evil in your life to good, we must replace the evil in your heart, our hearts, with good. The good and evil in our lives are the offspring of the good and evil within our hearts. And what's crazy is sometimes and hard to bear about our hearts is we must accept this as true. And the action taken to change the heart is the truth written in Jeremiah 17.9. The heart is, a, is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? According to what we just read, the nature of each person's heart is deceitful above all and desperately wicked. <laughs> when I first read that, I was like, but I'm a good guy. I'm, I, I don't treat people badly. I, you know, I've been a Christian guy for a long time. I'm not a bad guy. God is telling me, this is the, the, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And who can know it? No one is born with a good heart. Even a Christian who has a spiritual heart must contend with the personal heart. And by nature, it's wicked. With the new birth as a Christian faith, not, the personal heart is not automatically changed. To change our personal heart to line up with a spiritual heart takes a deliberate decision and will and the full appreciation of the Word of God. And in Jeremiah 17.10, I, the Lord, search the heart 
I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. I, the Lord, search the heart. What a very comforting thing to know. According to what we just read, oh, excuse me for a second. Another truth about our God is that God looks on the heart and deals with us accordingly. And again, we're confronted with a very clear and stark reality that our heart is what governs our lives. It is important for us to keep the truth clear and not allow ourselves to be tricked into outside-in thinking rather than inside-out thinking. No person other than yourself determines your life. Do not allow yourself to think that other people cause issue in your lives. Circumstances like where we live, where we work, are the root causes. You can't think that other people are doing this. The situations that we are placed in relationships, what's posted online about us, social meetings, social media, other surroundings are not the cause of who we are. The heart of our personal life is the source of our lives and our life's issues. In the new year, here, in January 2024, right now, after reading this, the question is simply this. How do we change? Or how do I change my heart? And how do I guard my heart? And I love this. In Psalm 119, 11, the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We are talking about God's love. Work, social life, social media, people that we bump into, all the, you know what? This isn't going well because that guy did this to me all those years ago. I can't believe what they did. And I keep thinking about how awful that person treated me. And in 2024, I'm not letting that go. I'm not. That guy made me so angry. But if I do what the Word of God says for me to do in 2024, then I'm going to focus my attention to the heart of God. And I'm going to hide thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against me. I'm going to let that guy go. What that guy did 25 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever they did to me all those years ago, I want my heart to be a heart of God. I want to be, I want to follow God. So it is impossible to change or guard your heart without hiding the word of God in your hearts. And there is no New Year quick fix exercise plan that's going to help you do that. There are no shortcuts well, unless we hide the word of God. There are, a hundred, there are hundreds of scriptures which show us the need for us to hide our hearts. And just like food is a balanced diet that is needed for our physical life, the word of God is needed for our spiritual life. Every day we have food to physically sustain our life. I'll tell you what, during Christmas, do you eat a lot during Christmas time? Because I do. Uh, yeah, I, get, I gained nine pounds in a month. 
I was like, are you kidding me? You know, I literally had so much chocolate. I was like, this is crazy. I got bike riding friends in the audience right now. They're like, I'm going to climb that hill faster than you this year. I'm telling you right now, though. But in the last four, well, Mary hates me when I say this, but in the last four days, I've lost five pounds. I was like, I stopped eating the chocolate. But you know what? It's just, it's just how it goes, right? So daily, we have to eat. But let's talk about eating the rightly divided word of God to sustain our spiritual life. If we eat the wrong food over and over again, we become physically sick. Our bodies become weak, and we can't support the lifestyles that we want. And the same is exactly true for our spiritual lives. There are teenage kids that I teach that actually sleep with their phone on their chest. And when it beeps or bangs, they're like, boom, they want to check it. They have told me that they watch TikTok for over five hours a day. What? I cannot imagine that. Social media, I enjoy social media. I enjoy, like, honestly, we made this scrapbook for our family. Like, some people are like, Mike, you post so much on social media. My mom lives in Florida. My family lives away. My daughter lives in England, and my son lives in Oregon. They live far away. So if I post something online of this, congratulations, great. But you know what Facebook does for you? It makes a scrapbook at the end of the year for you. And do you know that the only pictures that you post on Facebook are the ones you actually like? Click. I got a whole book of exactly what we did for the year. I don't mind that. But I will tell you, sometimes I get caught up looking at social media. I don't have TikTok anymore. I took TikTok off. Because the longer we spend on those activities is the wrong spiritual food that I'm looking for in the new year. Something other than God's rightly divided word takes our focus away. And it might put a sickness in our heart. For I have hid, for I have, excuse me, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And what's crazy is that no one can do this for themselves. We need to actively choose the word of God to put it in our hearts and then help ask him to determine the issues in our life. What we're talking about, this gets deep now, is the first steps of a process called the seven church epistles, which is the renewed mind, which is found in Ephesians 4.17 and Colossians 3.1, if you want to use this as a reference. Again, we're talking about the seven church epistles, which basically is talking about having a renewed mind in the new year. The renewed mind is how we change our hearts. The next step in the renewing of our mind is to put in the operation of the word of God, which we place in our hearts. We have to realize that the renewed mind is our responsibility. Every single one of us if you have a New Year's goal, I, I went to the YMCA like four times already. You can't get a parking spot. You literally cannot get a parking spot in the YMCA right now because everybody has these New Year's resolutions, these New Year's goals. It's amazing. But do you know, don't worry, 
because by the end of January, the parking lot's going to be back. And the reason why the parking lots are going to be back is because like that ice cube melting from 27 degrees to 32 degrees, it takes a while for that to happen. I ran my mile on the treadmill. I ate that healthy food. I've done that for a week, and I see absolutely no change. I'm not driving the YMCA right now. It's snowing. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to walk on that treadmill right now. I have not seen the results I wanted. It takes a while for this to happen. I am 51 years old, and God has melted my heart over and over again, but I have to do it daily. I have to hide God's word in my heart daily in the new year. If it's 27 degrees out there right now, and I want God to melt my heart and melt that ice cube, then I need to constantly work and apply and hide the word of God in my heart. My exercise routine, your exercise routine, your New Year's goals, whatever it may be, the renewing of our mind and putting it in our heart is how God will help this happen. The next step to renewing our mind is to put in the operation of the Word of God. We place it in our hearts. It is our responsibility. But however, hiding the Word of God in our hearts, praying and renewing our minds were never intended to be done without God. Our goals cannot be achieved without God. The very aspect of our Christian life can become nothing more than works of flesh if we try to do them without God. I can work 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days this entire year, and if I don't do it with God and ask God to help change my heart, and I can do every act that I want to do, I can open doors for you, I can, you know, I can be as kind as possible, but if I'm not hiding the Word of God in my heart, then they call it works of flesh. We can read. We can participate on online courses. We can download the newest app. And every time I do that, I have failed until I ask God for help. We cannot change our hearts without God's help. We cannot hide the word of God in our hearts without God's help. We can do nothing of any spiritual profit without God's help. And the psalmist knew fully well the need for God's help. In reading, you can hear their pleas for their heart for help. In Psalm 10, 17, Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou will prepare their heart and will cause their ear to hear. Hmm. Look at, we still have Christmas everywhere. I love that Jesus Christ was born in the most humble of means as an example for us. How can you not look at Christ's birth as the most humble means to come to him? The king of all kings was born in a stable as an example for us to fall to our knees and humble ourselves to him. The shepherds, the most humble, were the first to see Jesus Christ because their hearts 
were humble for him. Lord, thou hast heard the desires of the humble that will prepare their heart and that will cause their ears to hear. God is calling your ears to hear his wonderful word when we humble our hearts to him. Humility is the realization that we cannot do this on our own. But he can. I can't, you can, God. I can't, you can, God. Lord, help me. In Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We're melting an ice cube. In 2024, we are going to melt an ice cube. And sometimes that ice cube, you know, I use this. I, I want to melt an ice cube a little bit faster than normal, so I put the ice cube in my hand. I'll melt this ice cube. And for about four minutes, I hold that ice cube in my hand. That, that ice cube's so cold, I just drop it. I just give up. But really, I, I want to melt the ice cube. And the moment I drop it and let it go, I kind of forget about it because then something else takes my attention. I, I just don't have that kind of focus. But then I realized, oh, yeah, I wanted to melt that ice cube. So I put it in my hand again. And like hiding the word of God in my heart, I need to find a way that I'm going to melt this ice cube. So I just do a quick Google search and go to the library. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to switch my hand. Whoop. And now I start melting this ice cube right here. This hand's freezing, though. So now I just start putting some friction on it, and I start warming up this hand, and the ice cube's melting right here. And I keep doing it, and I keep switching, and I keep switching, and keep switching. But I never let it go. And then in 2024, I melted that ice cube. And the reason why I melted that ice cube is because I waited on the Lord. Be of good courage, and thou shalt strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. It does not happen overnight to God, for God for us to break, to break our hearts. It doesn't. But when we wait on the Lord, it's wonderful. Psalm uh, 73, 26. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. We can and we should hide the word of God in our hearts, but only God can make the word have an impact on our hearts. Only God can strengthen our hearts. The limitless God lives within me, in my heart. And God is my portion forever. When you read this, and you know that God knows that we're getting older, we can't do things that we used to be able to do. Your heart failed. My flesh and my heart faileth. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Look at what the psalmist's perception was about our wonderful God. That God is, the, is your portion forever. I am a big fan of King David in the Bible. And so those of us who might not know, you know David and Goliath knocking down that giant, the whole stone. David struggled, though, during his time. And David was confronted by Nathan for an incident that happened with Bathsheba for having Urlach killed. And David repented. But David knew his sin had been great against God. 
and there was no possible amount of work that he could have done to have changed his heart alone. And he cried. David cried to God to take away his sin. And then he prayed. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. David had no illusions about his heart, and he knew full well that God could clean his heart and give him a new heart. And I know for certain in the new year that I want a clean new heart from God. And I know that God wants that for me as well. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit in me. You know all those things that were done wrong to us in 2023 and maybe even prior to that? We're talking about hiding the word of God in our heart. You know, in, in, in my outside life, in my Taekwondo school, I do not preach the word of God at all. I do not talk about my spiritual relationship with God in my business because that's not why people come there. They come there to learn self-defense, confidence, focus, respect. But in my personal life, if you were to ask me what my core foundation is, my relationship with my God through my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you ask me personally, this is what I'm going to tell you. God needs to break my heart each and every day in order for this to happen. As we walk in 2024, outside circumstances cannot determine my loving relationship with my Lord. You can wrong me. You can treat me terribly. But I'm going to hide the word of God in my heart. And I might step away from you for a while. And then I'm going to pray like David prayed. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit within me. In Psalm 86, 10 and 12, For thou art great and does wondrous things, for you are God alone. Teach me thy ways, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. The word fear in the Bible is not like I'm afraid of snakes, I'm afraid of this, I'm not afraid of, afraid of heights. No, that's not the word fear here. The word fear in the Bible right now is the respect of God. For that, look at, look at, look at David's perspective right now. Take a moment, and this is what he says about our God, the God that we love. For thou art great and does wondrous things, and you are God alone. Teach me thy ways, O Lord, and that I will walk in the truth. Unite my heart to respect your name. I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart and I will glorify thy name forevermore. Whew. 
Are you kidding me? How we want to continuously love and respect our wonderful Father God. How weak and wavering we are. I mean, think about it. Like, we're, we're going to walk out of here, and we're going to go through the snow, and someone's going to cut us off, and we're going to be angry at them. And five minutes after learning about the heart of God, that's what happens to us. But instead, I don't want to be weak. I don't want to waver. I want to remember that our God is great, that he does wondrous things, and that he is going to help my heart in the year 2024. My God, help us unite our hearts and praise your holy name. We want to love you, God, and to be more faithful to him. But at times we fall short, and only he can help us but not without asking and not without praying. We were just talking about being humble. Our God wants this relationship with us. Our God wants this heart for us. And in Psalm 119, 32 through 35, I will run the ways of thy commandment when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the ways of thy statues, and I shall keep it until the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep the law. Yes, I shall observe it with all my whole heart. Make me go into the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. God will help us change our hearts. He will give us the understanding that we need as we hide his word in our hearts and we ask him and we trust him to guide our hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, as we look at the word of God and we know that there are hundreds and hundreds of Bible verses that talk about hiding our heart for God. Look at what God is saying and look at what we're saying in the year 2024. I will run the way of thy commandments. I am running to you, God. And you shall enlarge my heart. You know, when I first started, reading, when I first started doing this, it was such Christmas time. And the Grinch's heart grew five times that day. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like this is where my, my head went for a moment. But then it got serious again. And then I was like, man, in the new year, I have so many things that I want to do. I have so much time that I want to spend with my children. I have so many goals that I want to achieve. But the entire time that we're here today, it's written right there. My number one thing that I want in 2024 is I want to run to God's commandments. And I want God to enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the ways of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding that I shall keep your law. Yes, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me go in the paths of thy commandments, and therein do I delight. <sighs> I'm melting an ice cube. We're melting an ice cube in the year 2024 for God to teach us about our heart. When we finish today, I believe that this is the verse 
that encapsulates everything that we've talked about today. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When we walk in God's word in our life, and we try to apply it each and every day, if we do what we just talked about for the day, God will break our hearts. God will give us the understanding. And God will help our focus to stay on him this year. Not me, you God. Not me, you God. We have went through 16 or 18 verses in the word of God today that talks about changing our hearts for him for loving him and having a relationship with him. Can you imagine knowing that in the year 2024, we kept the perspective that I want to be and I want to have the heart of God. And we finish with God telling us, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This is an accurate biblical truth that our wondrous, miraculous God is letting us know that he's doing this for us now. Our God is living, our God is true, and our God is closer to us than our own breath. He knows us. He knows every hair on our head. And he wants a relationship with you. He wants a stronger relationship with us. And if we choose to walk and delight our paths with this God and his son, Jesus Christ, 2024 will be the best year of our lives because we put him first. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you so much, Father God, for the opportunity to hide the word in our hearts and to learn more about you each and every day. We ask you, Father God, to comfort our broken heart and to renew us with a new heart. We ask you, Father God, to help us be the light you want us to be in the year 2024. Thank you for walking with us this year as we continue to delight in your love. Thank you for changing our hearts for you and we become closer to you. In the wonderful name of your love, Jesus Christ, amen.